Welcome back to another episode of Pewology. This is a show where the people in the pews get to weigh in on a whole bunch of things, and we have our good friend Emily here today, along with Axel, the man who named this little adventure that we're on. I take no credit for that. <laughs> this is our Crackhead Chronicles. This but is you our, love it, though. I do love it. I do love it. It's catchy. It, it, it's catchy. I mean, it is. Crackhead Chronicles. <laughs> I do. I just love it. I love it. So it makes you want to listen to it. It does. Have you listened to it yet? I have not. Oh, okay. So you're gonna love this. Wow. This is, okay. uh, yeah. This is a journey for me. I'm excited. Okay. Um, can I ask personal questions? Yes. Okay. How long you been sober? So I have not had a drink for almost four years. Wow. Yes. When is your sobriety date? Uh, April 1st. Oh, wow. 2019. Fool's Day. That's the, the April second. Fool's Day. I That's the second April Fool's April Day. April Fool's Day is your sobriety <laughs> day? Dude, I know. What what? It wasn't a joke. Uh, but, but. Did on, it just happen or did you like. I. It, it was a it was a, a long progressive journey, but I had never been able to drink like a lady. Um, <laughs> like a lady. So like a lady. yeah, I went to, I went to rehab, and that was the beginning of my I, I April first. I was in rehab, and I was there for a few weeks, and that was the beginning of my recovery. Got it. I feel like even. Sobriety and recovery is not linear. Like we all go through like ups phases, downs. ups yeah. and downs, chapters and seasons. So like last year, I my mom passed away, and I was like in a really dark place mentally, mm. and I was not emotionally sober. Uh, so I actually and and I had and I had stepped away from recovery. I had stepped away from doing my steps. I didn't have a sponsor. I wasn't sponsoring people. I wasn't doing any of that, and I was uh, dry drunk. I had no emotional sobriety. I was going crazy with my thinking in my head. Really? So I actually, uh, and I, I had prayed for months, um, you know, God, please bring me a new sponsor. Help me to push towards recovery again. Mm. And I walked into the West Side Club here in Kissimmee. Right. And I had heart, I had always known my spot. Like, I had always known her and we would follow each other on on social media um i won't say names for anonymity but um i had actually like journaled about her a few weeks prior because because mm-hmm. she's an actor i'm an actor and, and i always i follow her and she's very inspiring so long story short i walk into that that meeting not knowing i had no clue and there she was it was she was like as a, if it was a divine appointment no i i, I kid you not like yeah. it was it was the divine brought her there like she was an angel sent from god and i just started crying i was like oh my god i've been thinking about you i've been writing my journal and i actually put your name and we had never really met in person mm. until that day so anyway, long story short um i picked up a new white ship that day and because i needed help i wasn't wow. sober mentally so that was the journey of my new recovery phase and now i'm three and a half months Mm-hmm. into the new chapter of my life yeah 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 that's wild mm-hmm. all right what Good brought you. you initially was it just alcohol um he says that as like <laughs> like a condescending crackhead like how bad was your addiction because i think i've got you beat um well i mean i i got you beat by like a couple of days though uh, march 19th will be my four years congratulations yeah, yeah okay. wow um, I'm very proud of you. Uh, I'm a little it, bit better than you. Have you guys known each other for a while? <laughs> no. no. We literally just, I mean, I've seen her in church, but mm. we met like literally Sunday. Got you. 
Um, New friends. Alcohol was always my my go to, but when I was when I was actually in my ultimate addiction, I was doing cocaine and um, drinking. Mm. And I would I would actually do both to to like even it out. I know that sounds very weird, mm-hmm. but I would get belligerently wasted, and then I'd do cocaine to uh, make me uh, feel normal because I was so wasted. I was so incoherent. Doing lines would bring me back to sobriety. So you can like continue to drink. It, yeah, yeah. It didn't help that. I How long was it bad like that? Uh it started in high school, and it it really was progressive but it was always so bad though which is wild i i mean i thought it was normal which again was insanity right um but i was i was able to function for all the way up until i was 26 wow so in high school through 26 you now look back and would go okay that was addiction but you were functioning to some extent you were pulling it off to some extent <laughs> i mean i had i had a private driver because I knew I couldn't drive. Like I had all these things set up because I I was okay with my lifestyle. She was so, on the high end of the low bottoms. It, hey, gum. <laughs> I got a personal I'm driver. Like, hey, gum. I didn't even have a bike. Like, <laughs> yeah, this boy, yeah, this boy's there, stealing bikes. <laughs> well, and I say that because I had um, ran into trees mm-hmm. and woke up coming to... Um, and the car was like going into the uh, in, That's crazy. into the lake. That's scary. If I did not come to, I would have drowned. Um, and I I've been in s- several accidents. Thank um, thank God I never killed anybody. Mm. I also there was one time where I I came to from an overdose of cocaine doing ninety on seventy five i seventy five. Yeah, like coming to wow behind the wheel tell me that's not wild i mean i look yeah. back on it i'm like it's an awesome combination coke and cars i mean well that's drinking in cars because when i was on coke driving i'd be like going 100 driving with my knees taking a hit Strong. well I, I was an it was an overdose i was like foaming out the mouth oh um, yeah it was it was a seizure but um that was the, actually that was the last time I I, I did cocaine, but I, I didn't stop drinking. What got it. you into like you got four years sober? What got you into sobriety? Like what was it? Something was there? Did things just cascade out of control? Like did you hit your bottom? Yeah, yeah I was living in Miami. I was I was an exotic dancer, and I was waking up every morning knowing that I. I'm not supposed to be doing this anymore. Like it was, I I couldn't live without the obsession to drink. Mm. Like it was just like, I couldn't think of anything else. Right. And I was just like, it was the uh, constant everyday, same old song and dance. Um, but I was tired of waking up in my own pee and poop. I was tired of like not believing in, myself not believing in the higher power i didn't have any of that i was living by myself so i was in a really dark spot um living alone in miami is not good so if anyone (laughs) (laughs) i highly do not recommend doing that uh so i was 26 and um i knew for years i needed help but it just Mm. like i it was just one day i woke up i was like no i can't i was so scared how was that day like that last day 
Uh, well, I mean, it, it, that wasn't the last day. So um, I, I moved out of Miami, came to Orlando, mm. and um, and it, it didn't stop there. So I was still drinking for a while, um, but I was living with my with my partner. So now I had um, surveillance. Like I had, mm. I had parental some, some level of accountability. It was some level of accountability. It was. Uh, Yes, parental guidance, if you will. So I was like able to like not kill myself. Like I was like, I was like, okay, well now I, I'm, I'm not living by myself. Right. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to wake up or not wake up. Um, and, and so he didn't realize how bad it was. It was a safety net. Yeah. But, um, you know, I was very aggressive. I, I was a. Uh, you were a fighter? I, I would hurt him. What was it? What did you call that violent? I was very violent with a little, him. little domestic violence. I was abusive. <laughs> I was abusive with him, um, physically and mentally. And um, he was an angel. Like he never left, and he kept oh. he kept fighting for me. And I and I know now that he was my. He got my mom involved. Mm. He. He brought me towards recovery because wow. I couldn't do it. Myself. Is he in recovery or no? He's not one of us. Oh. He's not. He'll go months without a drink. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. And he'll have just one and not even finish it. Yeah. I'm like, that's alcohol abuse. <laughs> you don't even finish the drink. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> it's alcohol abuse. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. Um, so he was, uh, he's really, he was, uh, he was an angel um, that was sent. And he and to this day we're still together. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it, ah. we're going on strong like eight years. Wow. Um, we've been through ups and downs together, and and so when he got my mom involved, my mom always knew, but she didn't realize how bad it was. <clears throat> and um, well, I woke up, I came to, and this was uh, March twenty eighth, okay, two thousand nineteen. So it was two days before April first. Right. I woke up, came to, you know, urine everywhere. It was nasty in the room. Um, my boyfriend was out of town at the time. Um, and my mom comes walking in to the door into like the master bedroom. And I just woke up and I saw her and I knew that, that, that was the moment. Wow. That was the moment. And she just started bawling. I started bawling. And wow. I said, I need help. And she goes, I know I'm here for you. And that was the moment that we, she didn't leave my side for two days. I was, I was wasted for two days. And then April 1st was when I actually was like sober. And that's why I call April 1st my sober day. Yeah. I, I stopped drinking two days before, but I wasn't really um, coherent until April 1st. And she took me to um, Plant City, White Sands. Inpatient. Inpatient. Gotcha. And that was the beginning of my recovery. That's what we call step one. Two and three, right? Like right in that moment, you know, yeah, yeah. It's all colliding. Uh, when we left here yeah. yesterday, I, I, I um, told Avi, I was like, you, I never told you the exact date, like the the events that happened that day that I actually came to to Albert's house. It was mm -hmm. like that morning I was living, I was at this abandoned house with my my ex stripper girlfriend, mm -hmm. and then she was like trying to like do something for for something, right? And then um. She sent me to go steal some food from the save a lot across the street. Mm. And I crossed the street and I was standing in the middle of the road before I actually fully crossed. And I was just like, God, I don't want to do this. Um, like I had already had a year and eight months and I relapsed with her. And then, and um, I was like, 
man, I, I just want to stop. And then I crossed the street and like I was going to this youth church on um, New Birth. Mm-hmm. And like the people, the, the kids like saw me. Like there was like a, a whole car full of uh, kids. Yeah. No, they're like, I mean, I call them kids, but they're like 20s or yeah. early 20s or kids, you know? And then like, <laughs> um, they, they stopped and like did a circle around me and started praying in tongues. And I'm like, <gasps> yo, it was like, I'm like, <laughs> Wow. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, I'm about to go steal some food. <laughs> wow. And then um about to get a five discount <laughs> on this Big Mac. <laughs> and they uh they bought me some food for, for me and, and her. And then um that day she was like trying to get me to steal something from Target. And I'm like, man, I gotta go to that church because it was a Tuesday night. And um they do their like church services on. They used to do their church services on Tuesday nights, and then I was like, "Man, I'm going to that church. Like, no matter what happens today, I don't care." Like, I we walked all the way down OBT to Target. We tried to steal something. We I, I was like, "Like, I ain't stealing nothing." <laughs> and then we, well, I was like, "We're gonna go to Walmart." And so we ended up walking across down to John Young and walked all the way back. And by the time she, she was like, "Where are we at?" And then she saw like um. Uh, she saw the church and like all the, the people was like saying, "Hey, what's up?" She like literally turned around and like started running, <laughs> and I was just like, "Interesting." And then like I, the whole time, the whole way there, I was just like praying and asking God to give me the strength to not chase after her. And then like when I got there, I just like went straight in and I did not look back. Wow. Yeah. And um, after that, I went to my um my sponsor's house and he uh, pretty much took me in. Um, like, got it started. Yeah, detoxed me. I, work I, I just yeah, yeah went right into um. He was like, you know, uh, step three, right? So um, you just got to say that prayer, and next launch out into a rigorous course of action, right? That's what we're here for about that four step. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been doing a a like a partner series on in our services on Sunday mornings, where we've been going through each of the steps. And this is the podcast that we connect with Fourth Step. So, you want to read Fourth Step? So, um, next we launched out on a vigorous course of action. The first step is a personal house cleaning, which many of us never attempted. And though our decision, the, for, the third step decision, was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once. Followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which have been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. Therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. This was step four. Mm. So, fearless and personal inventory. All yeah. Right. yeah. You guys are people who have at least been through four step once, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Yes. All right. So what was that like first time through? You want to start? I think for me, the first time that I, because I actually just finished my second time around, um, my, the first time I I didn't realize in its entirety what recovery was and what AA meant. Okay. So when I was going through the steps and um, I was being rigorously honest, uh, but but my first sponsor, and I look back on it now, um, I didn't give a hundred percent because I did not relate to her. She was a little bit lenient um, and we didn't uh, meet enough. 
like in hindsight, looking back on it now. Um, so I don't think I did my my fourth step in its entirety, 100% as I did with my new sponsor now. Um, but that was just part of my journey. Um, at, at the beginning, I was I was just trying to stay sober. Yeah. Like everything was so new to me. I had no clue what any of this was. Right. Um, so now I feel like the second time around is way much more in depth, in depth, authentic, real. Do you think, I mean, the thing that sticks out to me when I read this made a searching and fearless searching and fearless. What's the difference between searching and fearless? So, um, fearless is basically to me in my eyes, like my experience, this is like, I don't care what happens. Like I'm okay, so damn the consequences. Like yeah, like because uh, like, I know I'm about to open up a can of worms that I okay. have been not not wanting to deal with my whole life. But when you okay, so let's go slow. So when you th- say like a, a can of worms is about to open, you're really saying like, hey, my addiction hasn't happened in a vacuum. It's affected and been intertwined with a lot of different people, a lot of different situations. There's going to be fallout. Yeah, there's going to be a lot That's of things. The fearlessness. Yeah. The fearlessness is okay. like, um, it's because um. When you when you read the the outline of the steps, it kind of scares you. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to make amends to some people. Uh, okay, you know, like, yeah. but that's so why like you see that train like, coming oh, down. Oh no! The yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh no! But that's why that's why we do the third step um, um, prayer because it says, um, "Take away my difficulties." My difficulties usually lie on actually doing this. Yeah, like it's not like my difficulties throughout the day. It's like it explains take away my difficulties. And doing this because I'm doing the work of God, right? Like I'm gonna be doing God's work. Yeah. And I, you know how you successfully successfully done one, two, and three is when you actually start writing a list of people you're mad at, and you start doing the inventory. If you don't, if you can say the prayer and not do anything, and you haven't successfully done it because you didn't start forced the four step. Mm. That's why I tell my sponsors all the time. I'm like, if you're convinced, then let's do this. If you're not convinced, you're not going to do this. Right. That's true. And I I think also what what's so vital for the, the longevity of success with the recovery is this step and doing it so fear, fearlessly um, because you're bringing up so many evil things that we've done, yeah. so many bad things that we've done. Things and, that we thought we were going to take to the grave. Right. So the person that we do it with, whether it's a sponsor or a pastor or someone you really confide in, because um, even in the book says it doesn't necessarily have to be someone that that's in the program, as long as it's someone that's that can you can confide in secretly, privately, that you know that they will not tell. Yeah, well, that's the fifth step. But. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, they're connected yeah. Be- yeah. because you know one leads to because you're two, telling them three. your secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's interesting because in order to get as 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 to a broken place as you get to, right before you're yeah. doing step one, two, three, um, it feels like the only way to do that and still be like like at some level. I don't know, functional, I don't know if that's the right word, whatever the right word is, you have to kind of like believe your own lie, right? So you've got, you have to have told yourself a bunch of things that allow you to live with what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? That's actually, yeah. Yeah, that's what, and how it works, it says like in our constitution, we're 
uncapable of being honest with ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like I used to think it was somebody else, but it was true. really talking about me. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> He's like, we believe like, our own lives. Like, no, those, I, but I think okay. So this is the this true. is the part where this connects spiritually. Okay, so my I tell people that my connection to this is only through being in relationship with people who are in active addiction. Yeah. So my connection to twelve step programs is through Al-Anon, um, but my my connection the, the places where the Big Book and the Bible connect are are extreme, right? Yeah. And so one of the places in the Old Testament, this is, and we talk about this a lot, right, from a spiritual standpoint, not just from an addiction standpoint, just from a personal sin, morality, view of self standpoint. Um, You don't have to be an addict to get this point is that the Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things. Now think about that phrase, deceitful, meaning that this will tell you lies all day long. Like you will lie to your, like we will, we're the best at lying to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Like we're, we're, there's nobody better at lying to ourselves than ourselves. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just, so, then, so I tell people. That's why we need a new constitution. Yeah. Like, but I tell, I, I, I comically tell this story all the time because um, I do a lot of premarital, people are getting married, parts part of my job, you know, and every now and then I'll have somebody that wants to write their own vows. And I'm always like, you should probably just let me do it for you. I'm an expert. You're, <laughs> you're a novice. This is your first time. You know what I'm saying? And they all, and, and sooner or later, because we live in the society that we live in, and it's this modern thinking, and it's so flawed. But somebody will say in their vows, if they write it, they'll say, I, they'll always do it. It's, it happens so many times to me. They'll, they'll show them to me. They say, I promise to be true to myself. And I'm like, that's a disaster. Hmm. Like, that's a disastrous plan. Because we lie to ourselves. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, you know even saying? if yeah. you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole point. You, you lie don't to know yourself. that you don't, you don't know. You don't know that you don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's such a That's crazy true. idea. Yeah. And so, even when you come in and let's say you've never taken a drink, you've never taken a hit, you've never done it, like all those people that come from, you know, suburban, upper middle class, not not any addiction problems. Let's say it's not, they've avoided, somehow they've avoided all this very religious family, whatever it is. I promise you, it doesn't matter if it's them or the person that's coming from the wrong side of the tracks with all of these other problems. Everybody lies to themselves about their complicity yeah. and sin, right? In their innermost self. Yeah, they lie. Yeah. They, they, they lie about how we want to tell ourselves how good we're good people. We're good people. I'm a good person. <laughs> you know, yeah. nobody wants to be like, hey, listen. I'm kind of selfish. Right. In the right day, I'm going to ask, you know, it's like, you know, nobody wants to just say the truth, right? We, we, we always boast ourselves up. Yeah. More so than we should. My favorite is like the people like that are still telling themselves that they're good outside of the grace of God, that they always pick the lowest common, common denominator to compare to. So they're always like, well, I'm better than this guy. And it's like Hitler. That's how they just, <laughs> they justify it. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't like, smoking crack or homeless. Right, right. Yeah. It's like I was do. I mean, I'm bad, but I'm not that bad. So yeah. They, they always pick up the, you know, well, it's like an axe murder or something, or it's like a you know serial rapist. It's like, yeah, dude, that's your comparison. Well, and I actually used to justify like that, that way. That way. Yeah. Because um, even in my early twenties, I used to always look at the lower of the low. That was maybe shooting heroin. Well, I don't mm. do that. Yeah. You know. Oh, they killed someone. Well, I haven't done that. Yeah, and I would I would justify, which was wild, but uh, I guess it at some point made me feel better about myself. When and in reality, 
in my head and my, you know, my Holy Spirit knew, Emily, you're lying. Yeah. But how do you do it? So how do you, what's the practicality for this? So I would say as a counselor and a pastor and a, a, someone on the outside, I would go, well, how do you do it then? Because usually when people, let's say somebody comes in for counseling, pastoral counseling, right? A lot of times, um, from, whether it's the mixture of counseling, the training, or it's the mixture of the fact that I have a deep knowledge of the person because they're a member here at the congregation. I've spent a lot of time with them, right? I, my BS meter goes off quickly. I can challenge. I can bring about some sort of like, you know what I'm saying, correction or some sort of like, hey, redirect back, think this through one more time. You know what I mean? But if you don't know, like if you're going in for the first time, you find a sponsor, they don't know you from Adam. How do you get to a fearless and a searching moral inventory if we're prone to lie to ourselves and to others. How do you do it? So we just go right into it. I'm like, are you ready? Right. <laughs> okay. Like, it's like, it's like you, you have ready? your parachute. All right. <laughs> you get your parachute on. All right. Who do, it don't matter. Let's do this prayer. And it, start, and it says right here, um, being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us. We considered it as common manifestations. Resentment is the number one offender. And I used to read that thinking like, yeah, when I'm resentful, I'm offended. But it literally says resentment is the number one offender. So whenever I'm resentful, I'm offending whoever reminds me of that resentment I have. Okay. You know, um, yeah. when it was pointed out to me like that, I was like, yeah, that's why um, certain people that remind me of certain events that happened in my past, I was a certain way towards them. Okay. You know, and so it destroys more alcoholics than anything else from it stems all form of spiritual disease. For we have not been only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. We listed uh, people, institutions, or principles with whom we were angry. So I'm like, that's why I said you just start writing. A, you say this prayer. I I try to keep it as simple as possible. You say this prayer out loud with whoever you want. With me, you could we can, we can hold hands and do it right now. But you have to start writing a list of people you're mad at, or principles that you're mad at, or anything that uh, could have reminded you of that. And if you don't have any resentments, because you run into people who don't have any resentments, I'm like, is there anybody who you think that you smugly? Yeah, but this is like, interesting. Why do you start with resentments? Um, why do you think that is? So there's three inventories. There's okay. re resentments. Okay. It's actually masked in fear. So like I'm giving people the cheat code here, all right? Okay. All resentments are yeah, fear. That's good. Okay, so and so that okay, and fear well, is right I, in the I middle. Think, but I think that's okay, let's go slow, because that's good. Okay. That that's a really good point. Okay, so if resentments are rooted in fear, then that's where it connects to the moral inventory. Yeah. Because anything, any decision made out of fear. You've crossed that moral boundary into in yeah. the darkness, but you can't tell somebody they're scared. You know, like no, I get, it. I get. Yeah. The, like, now I understand why you don't lead with fear; you lead with resentments because yes. that leads to the fears. Yeah. I get you. Okay, so you're so back to it. Okay. There's an example. It's just like so. How I did it, we opened up a page, and then just sort of I can have two pages, right? Okay. This page right here, I have write like a, a a person. I usually use like three people on each page, right. so I can have room to write. Okay, and then. Then there's a column, so I write a list of all the people I'm mad at. Okay. Turn a page, keep writing it. Like anybody I can think of. All right. Then once I've had my list and I think I'm okay with it, the cause, and I tell everybody, all right, keep it under 25 words, 
because anything other than that, you're trying to re- like justify your yeah. trying to make your case. There's 19 <laughs> words the right line there. Begins. There's, there's literally there's literally 19 words right there. Right. I'm like, keep it under that. Okay. You know, I'm like, try to get to because we're we're cleaning out a refrigerator. All right, okay. you're not gonna um, and when you're cleaning out your refrigerator, like, oh, this is rotten milk. How did it get rotten? Well, you know, that's not important. Yeah. It's rotten. Throw it out. Right. You know, and then. It affects my sex relations. Oh, so there's, um, was it our self-esteem, our security, our ambitions, or personal or sex relations which had been interfered with? And we write that in the third column. Okay. All right. Okay. And um, once we've done all those things, all right, um, to conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. So it's like what we used to do. We used to go and be like, this person, yo, you didn't uh, okay. hear what this person did? So it's, it's well, to so me, basically the ignoring of your part in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Then once we get through all that, right? Um, there's a. Uh, it says. Uh, it is um, plain that a, that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. To the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours, or do we scroll the hours nowadays? Um, mm-hmm. That might have been worthwhile. I say scroll because everybody's usually scrolling on yeah, Facebook, sure. you know. Um, but with alcohol, the alcoholic whose hope is maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely ground. We found it fatal for when harboring such feelings, we found we shut ourselves off from the sunlighted spirit. Step three backwards, mm. the insanity of alcohol returns. Step two backwards, and then we drink again. Step one backwards. Mm. So then, um, we there's a prayer, right? But what about like so when you did step four? This is the first part of step four. Okay, what's the second part? There's three parts. Um, okay, so the this is the first inventory. Okay, okay. In, resentment is the first inventory. All right, yeah. So then uh, those three columns, and then we see a prayer, right? Right. Um, this was our course. We realized that people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick, though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us. They, like ourselves, were sick too. We ask God, this is where we pray. So that's, that's why we do two pages, because in the crease is where we pray. And we can, we pray this, God is a sick person. How could I um, be helpful to them? Wow. God save me from being angry. It's interesting, because that's what we were talking about last Wednesday in the men's meeting, right? Like the idea that like there's something in us that's broken. There's something in other people that's broken. That's why, I, like, when you were t- uh, talking, I was like, I'm just going to bring this up in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I was like, oh, so, man, there's too much to unpack right here. I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to let you talk. No, I think, the, I think that's where it connects. Yeah, okay, yeah, I got it. Well, and it's helpful because to look at others that they're sick, too, yeah. Yeah. makes you feel better about the situation. It's like, um, so what I look well, at it. We, we, in counseling, in, in, like, in, if you go to therapy. You go to talk therapy anywhere, cognitive behavioral therapy. They would call that, that's the process that a counselor would say, well, that's the depersonalization process, right? So you, you're looking at something that's happened to you, a past experience, and you're able to step back for the first time and depersonalize it, meaning that it's not the person, it's the principle. Yeah. So, it, or, and it wasn't, it's like, it's not like all these people woke up and like somehow had a meeting. They were like, I'm going to ruin Mike's day. And they all played this role in it and planned it out, like as if it was all about me, yeah. right? And they're going to hurt me and destroy. And like, but 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 hear me in this. A lot of people, like, yeah. About it. Look, I'm not under. I'm, I don't want to belittle it either. There's a lot of people with early childhood trauma, with like you know teen trauma, with like a lot of stuff going on with a lot of triggers that that they're still looking at their traumas through that lens. 
this person yeah. did this thing and it was all about hurting me. And it was like, sometimes that person just woke up and they were hurting too. Yeah. And they just took it out. And you were the first person they came in contact with that day. Right. And they didn't plan it at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you just happened to be in the way. You know what I mean? That's, that's the yeah, other that's two parts. <laughs> so there's like, yeah. uh, how did uh, Ashley do it with you? Four or five columns. So she actually had um, different than my first sponsor. She had, like legit worksheets okay that were yeah, they're, professionally they're, written out yeah there's worksheets for that yeah yeah we did it like the old school way like just like the so, columns yeah th- we do the three columns we pray and then there's um the 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 fourth column is where had not been selfish dishonest self-seeking or frightened Ooh, that's so, what i was trying to get there right? that's the moral column yeah so that's like yeah. more like your so, culpability yes. column. and yeah. that the, the rule of thumb is you can write as much as you want Okay. And that. So where I had been. Uh, so give me I the had, list again. Um. So. F- no, no, no. The, the first. No, the fourth column. What's the, the, fourth? the things in the fourth okay, column? Okay. Um. Right here. But you said there was something. There was like four four things you said. Right here. Okay. Where had we been Mistakes. selfish? Okay. Selfish. Dishonest. Okay. Self-seeking or frightened. Okay. And then the fifth column is though the situation had not been entirely fault. We try to disregard the other person involved entirely. Where were we to blame? So then in the fifth column is like. What were the things that we could have done that, differently uh, that, that could have affected in them? Like, yeah. So how our self-esteem was affected, what were the things that we did that could have affected their self-esteem? Gotcha. Gotcha. So even the things that we've looked at through the lens of only blaming the other person, yeah. we're also going to see our fault. Even if it was, even if our fault was 90-10 them, we had a 10% right. problem. Right. You know, right. Even if our fault was passive, right? We were still involved at yes. some level. You know how crazy this book is written out? It's like, so we say this prayer, right? Mm-hmm. And like, because we don't have a Santa Claus God, God is either going to re- relieve us of the resentment or he's not, right? Um, we avoid retaliation or argument. Why would they put that there? We were always going to be relieved. Mm. You know, we wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chances of being helpful. So even in all our resentments, there's going to be a chance to be helpful. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, like, I still have a resentment against my my baby mom, but I was able to apologize to her, right? And like, um, because the, like, uh, I said certain certain things that weren't really nice, you know, about really? like she was she she was having <laughs> she was gonna have triplets and then she lost them. Wow. <gasps> Yeah. Oh my God. Lost triplets. She wow. lost the triplets. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I, I told her I was like, maybe you wow. shouldn't be hot boxing in the car with your with your new boyfriend. That was your response. Yes. Very caring. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and I apologize. Good answer. <laughs> Seems harsh. <laughs> I had, like I had to like you know. So even saying that out loud here is like I'm having to meet certain humility. Like I yeah. still have um defects about my life that like I mean the grosser handicaps. Like who do I want everybody to know I'm perfect, but. Obviously, if that was the the deal here, mm. then I wouldn't be doing this, yep. right? So like, like sharing my inventory, that like my inventory is for the world to see, right? It's not for me. I used to think that this inventory was for me, but this inventory was actually placed in my life for so from like so I can connect with whoever God wants me to connect with. Okay, yeah, I like that. Okay, talk to me about fearless. Why is it fearless? Um, because you're trusting in God. Okay. Like you say that prayer and, and, and we can't be afraid. Like 
Because I whatever yeah whatever you, happens is gonna happen. Yeah, like you have to be brutally honest, and with yeah. that, a lot of people are scared to be honest. Like, it, look, but you know, how you think the fear is like to say it out loud or to write it down before another person. Is it the fear of their rejection, like them going, "Holy, yes, what? Yeah, that's, yes. you are an overachiever." Then I'm gonna be alone. <laughs> that's what it boils down to. <laughs> yes, and then okay. nobody's gonna like me, and then I'm gonna be alone because that like, once again because human nature is not to do right. Human nature is to put ourselves in the best light possible, right? And so even as an addict in a pattern of doing some pretty broken crap, we have created a persona about ourselves, like a, a picture of ourselves that we're trying to uphold that's, yeah. that's better than right. the reality. Yes. And so this is the first moment, recovery is that first moment where you're going to go, okay, like no, I'm, I'm going to drop all out. that. I'm going to drop all that. You're just going to get the me. There's no more pretending. Yeah. Um, and that's why it is so crucial, like the person that you're being honest with, that you completely confide in them. Like they must yeah. be tr- like in that moment because you're telling all your secrets, all mm. your dirtiness. Yeah. Like that is – that's also another interesting place for me as a as a pastor, right? Because you don't get a spiritual uh, experience. You don't get a relationship with God without confession. Right. Right? Yeah. Confession is – early step in, in in spiritual formation. And and here's the other thing. The Bible, it's funny because it says that not only is there confession before God, right, where grace gets dispensed in the confession where you start being real, like, God, first of all, God already knows you ain't hid nothing. Yeah. And like, you, you start, confession is really for you to say it out loud. Right. Yeah. And be like, I'm not hiding from you any longer. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, but the second thing is that it's, a, and this is wild a lot, and this is what a lot of churches don't do. This is where I think Recovery is better than the church sometimes, okay? It's because the Bible clearly says, confess your sins one to another. Like, that's a command in the New Testament. Yeah, We're supposed to be creating safe space to be vulnerable with other believers and say, dude, I screwed up. I've messed up. This is the real me. This is where I fall short. Yes. yes. Not creating a space where it's like, look how good I am. I argue with my spouse all the way to church, beat my, smack my kids in the, in the back seat all the way there, and then get out of <laughs> the car and be like, how are you doing? And you're like, Shut great, up. great, great day in the Lord, brother. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It's like, no, like we're supposed to be having real moments. You're supposed to be confessing yeah. sins. I've never been in a church where they were like, and I've led a church. I've never been in a church where they were like, okay, we're going to break up in small groups now. Start confessing your sins. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. ever done that. Yeah. Nobody's ever done that ever. <laughs> right? You and if also... we did, everybody would be like, oh, I think this week I had a little too much ego. Or like, it would never be any real They would sugarcoat it, not tell the whole truth. Right. Because yeah. the fear of being vulnerable in that way, yeah. like what you're saying. Yes. But at the same time. That's the very thing that unlocks the beginning of real authentic relationship. And now know you. That is the 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 sauce. That's like the the sauce of like longevity recovery. And is, the journey. Is, is vulnerability it's, is being brutally honest. It's like when you start to actually start to get relief from all of those things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and there's when when it comes to resentments now, it's not just like my anger anymore. It's like um it's the third part, actually, is like a conduct. You know, like I write people down of the like things that I've done. You know, okay. But before we even get into that, there's like um, we admitted our faults, uh, we admitted our wrongs honestly, and we're willing to set these matters straight. You know, that's like where the fear actually starts mm. too. Um, 
Notice the word fear is bracketed alongside the difficulties with Mr. Brown, Mr. Jones, the employer, and his wife. This short, this short word somehow touches about every aspect of our lives. It is the evil corroding thread. The fabric of our existence was shot through with it. It said emotions, trains of circumstances, which which brought us misfortune. We felt we did not, we didn't deserve, but we didn't. So like, and it starts to basically reiterate the the first inventory, right? Okay. Um, but did we not ourselves set the ball rolling? Sometimes we think that fear ought to be classified with stealing. It seemed to, to cause more trouble. Um, that's like the second inventory. So once we've done all five columns to the best of our knowledge of all the resentments that we had, right? Well, we see that fear is actually uh, in in the sense of um, not having control, right? Like right. like rational fear is like being on a ladder. And like somebody about to bun rough shoes, like that's a rational fear. Sure. Right? So then, whenever I have a, a, a irrational fear, but like me trying to control a situation, like I want my baby mom to act a certain way, certain outcomes. I'm trying yes. to get my outcome. Yeah, I'm trying to get my outcome. That's actually fear masked. Yeah. You True. Know? Yeah. Because um, I feel out of control. The, yeah. There's no control in that. I yeah. can't. I can't control. I can't be God in my life and in your life. You know. That's why um, it says in the third that we had to quit playing God. Um. Mm. Uh, and until you can actually realize those things, there's no forward momentum. How do you agree on? I'm interested in this. How do you agree on what is and what isn't moral? What do you mean? Like it says, do a moral inventory. Well, like uh, just erase. The, I think the, that's an outline of the step. This is the step we're right here. That's just an outline. This is like a, a like a. Well, like a stamp. It's yeah, a but, stamp it does, but it does say do step. a moral inventory. Yes. How do you decide what's moral? I, I will say for me, because for so long I used to be okay with lying to myself. Okay. And I lived that way and I was okay. But I did not have um, a higher power. I did not have a God in my life. So now, like when I began the journey of recovery four years ago, when I think of moral, like... It's so hard for me to lie to myself now because I know, like, so it's like it's right here, internal. This, were you being? That's why we do. Like, where were you dishonest? You know, and yeah. and that general term of dishonesty, you know, mm. you find some morals in there. Like Just you like feel honesty. That. <laughs> no, I, I agree that honesty is immoral. I'm saying it. Do you think they're just innate? Do you do you appeal to just the it, like the conscious, like the God given conscious of like, hey, you know that's not right. I have morality now. Like it's hard for me to even lie about like what I ate. Like I'm I'm a different person now so that I We have dire consequences when we're not honest. Like we keep things a secret and then that's what like when when we shut ourselves off from each other, then it progressively like we're we're a little bit like under the silver lining, <laughs> we're, we're better and worse off okay. as being drug addict alcoholics. Right? We're better in the sense of like um, we're, uh, we have to do this thing and we have to trust God fully, right? Okay. But we're worse off because if we don't do this, we have dire consequences. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out like, okay, so honesty, that feels like to me an easy discussion with somebody, whether or not they have like a sense of faith or not, they're like, okay, yeah, of course. Right. Like honesty is something that's so like at the conscious level of what we know is right and wrong. Yes. Right. Yeah. But what happens when it gets into finer points? 
You know what I'm saying? Finer points like what? Like point. Like I don't know. Like what happens when it gets into like moral ambiguous realms and like where it's like there's a lot of relativity and relatively thinking in in modern societies. You know? You know what I'm saying? So like you said a whole bunch of words. I know. Like (laughs) (laughs) okay. Did you go to school? Okay. My bad. My bad. My bad. Okay. Let's let's dumb it down again. Let's say like okay. That's why it's an idiot's guide for. for I hear you. I hear you. I'm trying to think of something that would be a good example. I didn't expect morality. um, Um. but let's say this. Let's say okay. So, so somebody comes along and they say you're you're doing your inventory, yeah. And you're like, um, you're like, well, have you stolen something? So that's in that's in the third um the third part. So there's resentments, fear, and then conduct. So like, you're rushing, all right? You're rushing. No, I'm just I'm using this yeah, as an example yeah. of like about the morality. Yeah, it's question. inconsiderate. And like the morality part, you're talking about um. We reviewed our conduct over the years past. Where have we been this selfish, dishonest, inconsiderate? Whom have we hurt? Did we unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? Ooh, I like that phrase. Where, where we, um, where were we at fault? What should we have done instead? Okay, so this is what this is really what I'm asking you then. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so you, I'm wanting, at, you wanted to jump to the third part. Like no, I'm, I'm asking you how do you how <clears throat> do you decide what is and what isn't moral? And this is very descriptive. Like yes, this is what I'm looking for. Exactly. So you're basically starting to have. You start to have like language like this that helps the person connect with where the line should exactly. be. Exactly. Because I would think like whom have we hurt? Like Okay. Fair. Then like we keep it as simple as that. Like, all right, so did you hurt that person? Like, come on. If there yeah, if you yeah. inflicted pain like, there, emotional, was, like, whatever. whether it was relational, like, whether it was like, physical, I keep it that's a line. You know yeah. that's a line. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to argue about that. Everybody's like, okay, yeah, that's yeah. that was your part. Yeah. That. Yeah, that's what like I keep it current. I, I, I said some things that weren't nice to my baby mom. I hurt. I know I could have hurt her. Yeah. In the statements that I said. Okay. No, I like that. That that, that answers my. I question. wasn't considering her feelings. So basically, there's there's these moments that you help them I, along. I rise like, bitterness hey. you know? because I would think if you're sitting there and you've been lying to yourself for years, that you're a good, decent person, even though you've you know, screwed your life up and screwed other people's lives up. That it's going to be hard to uncover that. Yeah, that searching is going to be hard without some help. Like yeah, some, exactly. Some direction. And that's the beauty of. And that's why the we big do book. it with each yeah. other. because yeah. it it step by step shows us how we connect the dots. Right. How we can see our part in it, even if it was only five percent. Yeah. Where was our part? Yeah. What did we do? So it is a real like walking together. Yeah. It's a real like, hey, tell me. You know, if you're saying, okay, where have we been selfish or dishonest or incon, like, think about that. Just inconsiderate. Right. Like, All who, of that. Give me some names you've been inconsiderate to. Yeah. Right? That's what you're asking. Yes, like, yes. And tell me the, how you were inconsiderate. And tell yeah. me, like, and do we agree that that's wrong? The you know nitty gritty of the yeah. details. You, you hate it when it's done to you. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, that kind of yes. The devil's that, in the detail. It's the conduct inventory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. yeah I get it now. Because I was sitting there going, like, how do you just pull that out of the thin air? Like, what's right and what's wrong? Yeah. Well, and, and the devil is in the detail because those those specific finite details in that situation that we're holding on to so tightly with the resentment frees us. It frees us mm. to understanding that like we have a, a a part to play in each one of our resentments. We mm. have a part to play in each one of our fears. Mm. You know, in our conduct, we are the part all the way. Mm. You know, mm. Mm. and then we just look at but but before we can look at ourselves. Solely and directly, that's how they separate. Like they're like, all right, so we have to look at other people. We're like it's really like, oh, I gotta write a list of uh, like my my new sponsor. He's like, he was so I'm like, oh, I get to write a list of people I'm mad at. Oh, that's easy. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what about 
how like if you're doing this right let's say and I know there's not a right or wrong way and I know that people go through it multiple the times. The wrong way is okay. not to do it. But let's say what would you say now knowing all you know now as a person who's going through it. Now you're going through it a second time, mm-hmm. through it a couple times. What would you like if you're leading somebody through this step 4? What how long do you think it should take if they're really doing a searching and fearless moral inventory? How long should it take for them to really work through that? It could take a day. Like if you're if you're really serious, if you want could, relief, yeah, it's it could be a day, two I days. I thought you were going to say much longer. It could be two weeks. I was thinking that. Uh, so I was thinking, weeks, man, you need to think so, about this. So two like weeks. you ever had that happen where like. Yeah, you start reviewing things, and you're like, oh, and they, and other things start popping. Yeah, up. you start thinking, yes. man, I was a, re-, you know, so it could that's take. why it's a continuous it's, thing. That's yeah, like, where we're getting to ten, right? We continue yeah. to do this eleven, right, 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 right. Yeah. Even though you've you've gone through the step one, ten, eleven, and twelve, again, ten, eleven, and twelve. Yeah, there's um one through nine. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Because I would think, like, for me as a as a pastor and as a person that's talking to people constantly about their spiritual journey, I would think this never ends. Exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't. It, it's it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Because the life, for me, I'm worked constantly teaching things like, hey, your heart's going to lie to you. It's going to tell you you're good when you're not. You still need the grace of God. No matter what, no matter if you live in a white picket fence and have your kids and you've never cheated on your yeah. husband and blah, 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 you still need the Lord. You still need his grace. And the only way to know that is to know these answers. Who have you been selfish to, dishonest to? Who have you hurt? Who, yeah, it's like, great. You know, you got to do it again and again because we've all done that. It's a cheat sheet. We continue to do it. Yeah, we've all done that. We continue to do it, right? Even Every after day. we know we shouldn't. Right. Even after sobriety. Even after yeah. salvation. We yeah. Do well, even sobriety. Like, I... I did all these things. Right. Like even in sobriety, I was crazy. I went crazy. It was my thinking reverted backwards to the point where I actually was not mentally sober. Yeah. So it is a con. I because I, I stopped working with right. myself. I you know I I forgot who God was. Like I stepped away from from the Holy Spirit, and it's wild how it, it creeps well, always, that back I'm, up. I'm always teaching that as a pastor too. I'm always saying there. It's not like you can hit the pause button on your spiritual journey or your or your relationship with God. It's not like you can be like, I'm going to be a Christian for like three or four years, and then I'm just going to take some time off and hit the <laughs> pause button. You're either going forward or you're going backwards. You're not, you don't pause, right? Yeah, I like, like that. This is like an ocean. God's like an ocean, right? This world, this life is like an ocean, and the tide is going to take you in or out, and you either going to, you know, you're going to surf, you're going to swim, you're going to do it. Yeah. If you stop, you're going somewhere. You're going to drown. Yeah, and That's you're going backwards. That's a good analogy. You're going backwards. That's a really good analogy. You know what I mean? Listen, I'm full of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh Lord. Austin's like, there were so many oh, holes Lord. in that analogy. Like it was a mess. <laughs> Do not bump his head up. That was a mess. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, Some of us once had great self confidence, but it didn't fully solve the fear problem mm. or any other. When it made us cocky, it was worse. Perhaps there is a better way. We think so, for we are now on a different basis, a basis on trusting and relying upon God. And when we got there, he stopped. He was like, So did you trust the resentment process? All right, so we're going to do exactly the same thing, exactly the same columns, except for we're going to put fear and where the uh, the resentment is at. Okay. And then the cause and then what it affected in me. And then we're going to do this prayer, right? Um, uh, um, we, we trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. We, we are in the world to play the role that he assigns just to the extent that, that we do as we think – he would have us, and we humbly rely on him. Does he help us to match serenity, or well, calamity with serenity? Um, I think I skipped a part. 
Yeah, I've skipped a part. Um, we asked him to uh, actually no, we were getting to it. We asked him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be at once we commence to outgrow fear. Mm. Mm. That's where that, the the outgrowing fear comes. So it's like, right. so I still have the fear. I'm just outgrowing it. Mm. Um, I still live with fear every day. It's like mm. I wake up in the morning and um, it's like fear tells me, "Hey, I'm fear, and I'm gonna drive you all around all day today." <laughs> You know, <laughs> fear, and I'm in the driver's seat. Yeah, baby. I'm in the driver's seat. Yeah, but now I've I've outgrown it. You know, right. I still live with it. Yeah, yeah, but you never make in those steps. Like, I, this is the question a lot of people ask too, from a spiritual standpoint: is why do any of this if if we're going to continue to make these mistakes over and over again in this life? It's always going to be about the mercy and the grace of God. Why do anything at all? And I'm always like, well, because we were designed. You were made and designed for a life better than we're living, mm-hmm. right? There's more to what we know, and the only way to do that is to is to work, is to do these principles or these steps, yeah. right? Where you're confessing, you're repenting, yes. you're you know you're yeah. identifying yeah. the things that need to be confessed and repented, right? Like until you do that, you continue the same cycle of brokenness, right? And at at the end of the road, like we're gonna go and help somebody else with this. Right. So like there's a purpose behind all of this. Right. Like, and when I don't want to do that, I'm like, uh, I'm like not wanting to do what God intended for my life. Right. And and the only reason you would do that and stall out is because you haven't gotten the first part, which is it's not all about you. Yeah. Your selfishness is still in the driver's seat. Yes. Right. That's, um, it's like one, that's why yeah. step one is directly connected with everything. I'm like, all right, if I can't manage my life, right. Then I'm gonna write this four step because obviously there's a, a divine inter like divine being that knows how to manage my life and this is how I'm supposed to do this mm. and then I go and share that with somebody right yeah and then um I ask God to I mean I don't want to go too far into it right yeah um six and seven yeah no um, save it we got, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Got, yeah. we got more podcasts we got a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um have you sponsored anybody. Yeah, and actually today, for the first time in a very long time, I met with my sponsee. Um, she's in Maryland. Oh wow! So it's all it's all online. Zoom, Zoom sponsor yep. maybe. Yeah, um, and actually, it's funny because my sister lives in Maryland, and I'm going to go up there in about a month. So stop in and see her. It'll be a blessing to actually see her in person. She's like, I've never met a sponsor in person, so. Um, but, but we can do this all around the world with yeah. people. And that is the beauty of technology is to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that it's important to stay connected with like a home group of mm-hmm. people in person. Yeah. Have a, accountability people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Accountability is really what keeps me grounded. So from not picking up a drink. Yeah. yeah. So like once um, you've worked the steps, right? Um, I can have accountability with her, or I can do it with um, with Avi or mm-hmm. anybody. Literally anybody who I trust has been through this process. I'm like, hey, I need a fifth step something with you. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and like, I gotta go and make amends. There's certain things like um, I fifth step with uh, certain women. And, and just so I can get a woman's per- perspective on, mm. because there, I know there's certain things that women know that men don't will, will never be able to see, mm. you know. So like, um, mm-hmm. I've done that just so I can have more relief too. You know? It is. It's the relief. It, it's the it's the medicine dose. Mm. Like it, it is really is medicine. It's a cheat sheet for life, and that's why like I know so many people that could benefit from a twelve step program. And I like mm. how you 
you say it so gracefully in, on Sunday, mm-hmm. the 12 step program is, is so connected with the Bible and it, mm-hmm. it's a lifestyle, it's a way of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. Because I, I felt exactly the same way. I'm like, man, everybody needs these. <laughs> yeah. Not even just alcohol. It's a, it's a cheat sheet for life. I'm like, everybody. I do this so, uh, like, like in, a, in a little secret way so everybody can have a program. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm not going to harbor your resentment, so go write that down. You know, whenever somebody comes to, like my mom, like uh, she used to come to me and be like, your, your, your aunt, Chi-Chi, this and this and that, or this and this and that, or whatever. I'm like, all right, did you write it down? She's like, no, I didn't write it down. I'm like, I don't have a resentment. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you sound a little resentful. I'm like, oh, uh, wait. It's medicine, yeah. When, when somebody comes to me, like, you know this person? I'm like, did you write it down? All right, I don't want to hear about it. Bam. Like, yeah. It keeps me from having to hear people's resentments. Yeah. You know, I'm like, or taking that all in. Yeah. You know? Well, and how you're talking on Sunday about how you're connecting it divinely with the Bible. Yeah. It just shows that this really is a, a way of life. Yeah. It's a good cheat code. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. It's, it's like a good way to shut people down, too. I'm like, I'm like, all right, you really want want my advice? All right, we're going to write this down. And like every time they're like, oh, this is no, like, can I just tell you? No, we're <laughs> going to write this down. Because something about writing down oh, yeah. and reviewing it. Yeah. And, and, and use blue. They say use blue ink. Blue? Black. Yeah. Okay. Because blue ink somehow. Who like, said that? What? The receptors in your brain, like if you use blue ink, it. I'll use a chalk and like. <laughs> whatever. As long as you write it out. I'm always writing it in chalkboard. <laughs> Like it's the first thing I can grab. I'm like, oh man, I gotta write this. No, I, I agree with you. The write down you know? stuff. Writing it down, reviewing I, I've, it. I've always, yeah, I've always been that. I've yeah. always done. I've done that prior to any knowing this stuff. Like I was always like, let me. It just helped me to process, yeah. helped me to think, helped me to order thoughts and stuff. So, yeah. but I think there is power in that. The secret sauce. Yeah. It's yeah. Like um, I guess I won't say his name, but another uh, one of uh, one of us. Yeah. Um. I was at his house and he's like, so why do I got to write this down? And he's like trying to like convert all these other things. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, just, he's like, why can't I just tell you all these things? And I'm like, because it says it in the book. Yeah. Put it before us in black and white. Yeah. I'm like, if I had to do it, then you have to do it. <laughs> yeah, right. You think you're the exception to the rule? I'm like, yeah, but I, I just want to know why. I'm like, That's true. <laughs> I'm like, okay, if you want to know why, you're just trying to manage your life again. I actually right. think I know what you're talking about, but okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I know you know who I'm That's talking funny. about. <laughs> That's funny. He's, been, uh, he's been here a couple of times. He's, he's special. Yeah. He's special, guys. <laughs> In his own mind. He's special in his own mind. There you go. All right. Well, that's it. as far as we can go for today with Four Step. want to thank you, Emily, for stopping thank by, you. hanging out with us. Thanks, Thanks again, Axel. We appreciate it. Uh, and then let's, you know, next week, Fifth Step. Wow. Bam. I'm excited. Let's do it. Thanks, guys. All right. See you. Love you. Mean it.